Cat Feast, hi. Hello, podcast folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And Tyler, I am. And today we're talking about Minute 110 of High School Musical 2. Minute 110 starts out with them all singing, We Can't Let This Moment Pass, and ends with some credits and a blooper. So it's the baseball dancer credits and Chad in the kitchen. Wow. I can't believe we're getting bloops. Bloops. <laughs> I mean, yeah, classic kids movie fair is bloops. We can talk about bloops later, I guess. Iconic bloops. Yeah. But we got to we got to we got to end the movie real quick yeah. first. We can't let this moment pass. Let's make this let's, party last. Let's make the party last, Condra. Let's but, make it last. But it's all over. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's, that's the that's the like that's the irony that they're leaning into, though. It's like, yes, this moment is ending, but the party, like the party that is life, we're gonna make last. <laughs> it, it's like that that Muppet Christmas Carol thing where we want to make the spirit last all year. Yes, <laughs> um, we we will carry we will carry Christmas cheer with us all year round, just like Ebenezer Scrooge. That would be like there. There's not enough movies where people have Christmas cheer in other parts of the year, like, like you, we praise Ebenezer Scrooge for being, for like for learning his lesson and becoming a great guy. But when when people are friendly, like in other parts of the year, even in real life, you go so that person's full of Christmas cheer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a dissociation there between the two. Like if you if like if you make if you make special cake pops for your office in December and decorate them with Christmas trees, you're full of Christmas cheer. If you do that in July, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, are you already practicing your frosting technique?" <laughs> it's not yeah, it's not given the same credit. And if you do it like if if you make cake pops for your office on the 4th of July, it's like you're full of patriotic cheer but no i'm full of christmas cheer it's just carrying over yeah it it would be funny if if someone like i would probably get annoyed because i don't really like christmas in general but it would be funny to like have some like someone you experience someone and like oh boy like wow there are a lot well it'd be funny if that was what ebenezer scrooge was doing like he says merry christmas on May 6th. You're like, yes, we get it, Ebenezer. You had a change of heart. Please let it go. <laughs> Stop being so so cheerful right now. You don't need to have a silly hat. We don't need to play a game right now. No, Christmas. We must have games. It's not Christmas, Ebenezer. <laughs> Dude, I gotta pay my bills. <laughs> Can you please just seriously tell me what the interest rate is? I understand that you want to be generous, but I have the money. I want to pay my obligation. <laughs> Um, anyway, I was going to say that it, it reminded me of Bill and Ted, right? Mm. Be excellent to each other and party on dudes, mm. right? That's what they're doing. They're they're keeping the party going in their life. Yeah, I think it might it might be more of like a like an Ebenezer than a Bill and Ted. Yeah, but it's like, OK, instead of instead of like Christmas happening and then you have to carry Christmas cheer through like the darkest time of year, it's the end of summer happens. You have this highlight at the end of summer 
and then you use that like spark of energy from summer to carry through you through as much of the school year as possible. Yeah. How much of the school year are we getting through on this high though? I think two days. <laughs> Realistically, about A two day. days. <laughs> Darbus comes in, gives you detention day one, it's over. <laughs> well, I think the difference for them though is that they are going into their senior year. <gasps> Whoa. I wonder if they'll do anything with that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little later in the, in this here episode, Tyler. <laughs> Let's just get through uh, this bit. They're going to make the party last. There's like barely any more lyrics. All they for just say one, all for one. And then all for one. One. And there's and like do... really awkward gap in between them that I don't like. And you need to keep the gaps in my statement there. I will. I will. Okay. But it just it doesn't work. As like the last thing you hear. Um, I think it, it should have gone like a, I hate to bring it up, but Newsies, where they like slide into the end. They should have said all oh. for one and it should have been like a, like a bump, like one final bum, note bum, that they bum. hit. Like a bump, bump, bump. Like make the party last all for one. And it just ends. Not a second all for one. Yeah, because you got to make leave them wanting more. Mm. But yeah, so no, but what they do is they kind of like they end the song in a way where like the drum beat can keep going. And that is for a reason. Mm-hmm. So like I get it, but you're you're right. The music is awkward, but I actually do like what they do with the editing here where they're cutting back and forth from the stage with Troy and them and the the dancers out front because the dancers out front are doing this like weird like formation where they're you know at the end of like a guy jumps over clubhouse like he does they do like a leapfrog move yeah and they're kind of like setting that up so it's yeah, kind of cutting back the, and forth that, that blonde guy at the end is doing like a grease lightning and it's a little wild <laughs> yeah i liked that they chose like it's because it goes back and forth at a consistent rate or like one shot of troy one shot of the dancers like Stage dancers, stage dancers. It goes by, back and forth like three or four times. It's just right. Mm-hmm. It's not too confusing. Like it feels like we're getting glimpses, but we're not. Like it's not overdoing anything. Definitely. Yeah, I think this this part here in particular is probably one of the better sensical parts. And then they start just kind of saying, oh, four, one. And the song's ending. We just kind of get the kind of drums hitting. And... Troy takes a leap of faith. Without shoes on. His shoes magically <laughs> disappear. Yeah, was he, he, wearing, ju- he was wearing shoes during the dance number, I guess, yeah. obviously. Okay. And then yeah. he takes his shoes. Because you wouldn't, no one jumps in the pool with their shoes. You can jump in the pool with your clothes on. But if your shoes were on, that would be too, too much. Too Tyler, silly. stop being so mean to Gabriella. <laughs> well, she's a silly goose, so she can jump in the pool with her shoes on. She's got, like, flip-flops um, on, kind of. Yeah. So Troy jumps from, like, the the rock thing on top of the waterfall. Do you think that was planned, or do you think, like, all day he was like, please I, let me jump into the pool. Please, I come think on. It I'll just, was, I just want to jump into the pool. <laughs> I think it was planned because I was reading somewhere that um, there's a hesitancy for Taylor to get in the pool because Monique Coleman's really afraid of water and swimming. Oh, so, interesting. I think it was planned. So he jumps into the pool. He doesn't and that's also on. a one take kind of thing. Like you have to have that planned. <laughs> and 
And um, hopefully he didn't have his phone or anything in his pocket. I know it's not like the era of iPhones where, like, everyone constantly has a phone on them at all times. But it's been proven that Troy Bolton has a cell phone. And it very well could be in his pocket. And you don't want to... This is not the sort of phone that's going to... You're going to put it in rice and it's going to be fine. This is going to be busted forever if it hits the water for one second. Yeah. Uh, So he jumps in the pool... And then a bunch of people, like, just in terms of the editing, what happens is Troy jumps in and a bunch of the people in the pool start swimming around him. And then we cut back to a wide shot and Gabriella jumps in and the the people aren't aren't right where she's about to land, obviously. And so they did these in two separate instances where they had Zach jump in, they got all the shots of him with him in the water, and then they had um, Vanessa jump in with the people giving her enough room to not hit anybody. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of fun, though, that they both jump in, and it, 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 like, symbolically, it's good, I think. Yeah, jumping into a pool as a metaphor is definitely, like, like I said, like a leap of faith metaphor or, like, a a carpe diem. Yeah. It's got this, like, we're throwing all our cares away, we're gonna get, we're gonna get wet, and we're just gonna enjoy the thrill of it. The problem is once they get into the pool... They just woo a couple. Like, the song's over. There's nothing over. left for them to do. Yeah, they just woo. <laughs> and it, it's not too awkwardly long because what, what's, what, what's happening here is, like, the movie is signaling, like, we're over. But, Go home. Okay, so it's like everyone has been standing up in their living room, singing and dancing along with the song, and now it's like, okay, you can sit back down now. Like, this is the... 10 seconds communicated like okay if you want to sit down or you know go throw away your plate or go to the bathroom like once once the song ends it's not cutting right to the bloopers it's giving you like a couple seconds to reset yourself yeah i would take though that they held on to the shot for like two seconds too long because we see Vanessa break character towards the end. She like, it, obviously her makeup and the water are bothering her eyes and she starts like <laughs> blinking and she's like, okay, I can't, can't um, pretend to be like I'm having a good time anymore. And you just kind of see her face fall as it fades to black and into the credits. Yeah. They're not doing anything. They're just waiting in the water, smiling. They're not looking at each other or talking to each other. They're just saying woo and yeah. And sitting there like with forced smiles on their faces. Yeah, I can't imagine it's comfortable for Vanessa here. <laughs> it is kind of a fun game to be like, okay, how long can they just vamp doing nothing, smiling? <laughs> but pretty long. Longer than I think I could. The movie fades to black on Troy and Gabriella just s- swimming in the pool together. Yeah, under the waterfall. And you can sort of see a couple, like, the other swimmers in the foreground, but it's just kind of them smiling together. And that's the emotion that we're leaving the main part of this movie on is Troy and Gabriella swimming in a pool together. Together. Reunited. Notice how that wasn't an emotion. That was just a statement of fact. (laughs) I mean, you're still, the, the music is fading out, too, and you're still, like, in that jaunty beat. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's making the party last. Is if this movie was no, I'm not going to make a judgment claim on it, but if I was ending this movie what I would have done instead of the bloopers is have the pool party roll under like have the credits mm. roll over the pool party. Kind of like how 
they rolled over were the end of we're all in this together when everyone's mingling. Yes. And yeah, when we've talked about this actually before where it's like, okay, if you're going to do the credits roll over the last shot, like Goodwill Hunting does it where it's the car driving away and you're ending on the feeling of yearning. Silence of the Lambs does it where um, Hannibal Lecter gets lost in the crowd and you're ending on this feeling of mystery and and thrill of what's going to happen next. It's a great way to make the emotion that you left the movie on last longer. And you'd think that that's what this movie would want to do. You could keep that kind of like boom, pop, 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 drum beat and just have the people partying in the pool. You could have like another shot of Miley Cyrus laughing with Ashley Tisdale or like just it. The main characters don't even need to be in it. It could just be like, okay, we filmed a pool party happening for two minutes. Mm hmm. And I think that would do a better job of communicating that we're making the party last. Definitely. my opinion. I think switching to black screen and rolling the credits with bloopers, though, does provide some transition into where this movie or this franchise will go. In that (laughs) it's going to become a theatrical release. So we need to have some, some proper credits. As it were. I, I get what you're saying. It's but, not founded in anything, but that, I'm just saying it. I don't think they were I don't think they were previewing the idea of, oh, real movies have credits. Um, like TV movies just, you know, do whatever works for them, I think. And if you want to do the bloopers, then it's easier to just have the black screen credits roll mm-hmm. under the bloopers. Yeah. But and I, I think bloopers too, and we can transition to the the credits bloopers now. Bloopers too. Um, <laughs> they provide a lot of kids' movies have bloopers because it provides connection to the characters and the actors themselves. Like, oh, they're real people too, and you like get a little bit of thrill and enjoyment by like seeing, oh, they're just like me. They can't talk sometimes too. Like, yeah, what is it about bloopers that are like that? I think. Part of it, like what you just said, like like something for, about kids, like kids love to see the artifice in the world, I think. Like kids love magicians. And what do they like even more than magicians? Knowing how the magician does the trick. Like they want the scary story and then they want to know that it's just a story. Like kids are interested in this relationship between what's real and what isn't real. Like mythical figures that exist, like the tooth fairy and stuff. Like, that's fun for kids to be, like, have those, like, ima- creative fancies in their heads. Like, oh, what was it really like to be on the set of High School Musical 2? Oh, they have so much fun laughing together. Which I think isn't a bad thing. Like, it allows children to to understand the world. I think it's great, yeah. I just think these bloopers are relatively boring in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, they're not the master of disguise bloopers. <laughs> which are still well, some think, of my favorite bloopers. I think the Master of Disguise, the 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 2002 Dana Carvey movie that is universally hated, but um, holds a special place in our heart, Tyler. But but children love in the in that way that children love terrible movies and force their parents to watch them. Um, but not all of those were bloopers. Those were like outtakes of like extra things that they like shot for the movie or like extra like sketch type ideas that they made for the movie that just didn't get included in the, in the grand scheme of things. It wasn't like, oh, we broke character and we're having like 
behind the scenes laughter stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The other thing I think that is, uh, I'm thinking of another round of bloopers that I can think of off the top of my head that's like included in the credits, and that's Toy Story 2. Yeah, I was going to say there's a Pixar movie where they do bloopers, and I could like, it's not Monsters, Inc., but yeah, the blooper reel on Toy Story 2 is iconic. It is. Stinky Pete. So good. Do they do it in the, like one of the later movies too? I think Monsters, Inc. does have them too, Tyler. Isn't there one where there's like a Cars? Um, I don't know. I don't know if Cars has one. I know. No, um, Car- well, Cars has the thing where they do all the Pixar movies, but oh, as but, cars. But as cars, yeah. Yeah, okay. You are a toy car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, in Pixar movies, sometimes they change it for the DVD release and then like the theatrical release doesn't have them. Yeah. Stuff Shrek like that. Shrek has bloopers too, but they're like animation goofs instead of. And th- those were on the DVD. Yeah. Those were like, oh, the funny ways that the animation got messed up was like a special feature. I try to remember like a, a real movie, like not a real movie because these are real movies, but like a live action movie that's like a comedy that has bloopers on it. Bring it on. Okay. That one has bloopers at the end. This is all from the same time period too, like definitely of the moment. I feel like I recently saw like a sort of like crowdsourced like fan inspired movie like Bill and Ted 3 or Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Like one of those Mm -hmm. has bloopers and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, just because we need something to fill the time to get this to 95 minutes long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bloops. Something about like watching people mess up is great. Yeah. Um, the first bloop we see is Sharpay comparing Troy's skin tone palette to to herself, and yeah. the bag gets all rustly. The, the and- weird thing with this one is it seems like she messed up the scene before we started even seeing the blooper. Like, like it feels like the blooper scene started and it, they were already kind of laughing and messing it up. Yeah. Which like, is, like, not what the promise of a blooper is. Like, the promise of a blooper is it's going to start normal, and then it's going to turn into weird. I still think, though, it's like, if you remember that scene, it was already weird to begin with, and then it just, like, this one, the crinkling of the bag, like, messed it up so much that uh, Vance just was like, he's like, oh, this take isn't going to last, and starts talking, too. <laughs> The actor playing Vance says, that's my daughter, like, just trying to, like, put in, like, a little in-character joke that, you know, doesn't matter at all. But I just, like, because the very next one is, like, Chad doing, like, the serious face in their confrontation scene, like, that's a better example of a blooper because, well, one, it has the contrast between serious and then messing up gives better evidence of, like, oh, they're acting, like, they have to, like... Mm-hmm. put on this face in the spur of a moment. But just like that, you know, if comedy is about the building and release of tension, the first blooper doesn't have any built tension. It's just kind of already let go. What does that say about Sharpay's character, I wonder? <laughs> you know what has good bloopers? What? Whose line is it anyway? That they do. 
you can just like go on YouTube and look up the like whose line like mess ups and goofs. And it's just all of them like swearing at each other and like starting a song and then having to stop in the middle and getting saying mad. something really, really inappropriate <laughs> and breaking character. SNL has some pretty good blooper kind of. Well, it's I guess that's more people breaking. Yeah. Live sketches are just, you know, people <laughs> failing to do the sketch. But um, we also have the credits running right now and an instrumental version of Fabulous playing. Oh, I didn't uh, even hear what the music was. <laughs> the The first uh, credit is for choreographers, Kenny, Charles Klapow, and Bonnie Story. So Bonnie's returned as well. Yeah, usually this is the spot of like directed by Ang Lee or written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. But we already had that. But that was at the beginning, like in a in like a movie theater film, like that's the sting that you get. But I like that. They gave like the the hard cut to credit is like the like what this movie's all about. It's not written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, which is like, yeah, I watched a I watched a movie that was an auteur film. It's like this movie ends as like, yeah, I watched a movie with great dancing. Like, yeah, it's I think doing it's that suitable. effect. Yeah, um, we get a list of the actors. Do you want to talk about their billing order? Yes, yeah, so we get. Zach is first, and then Vanessa, and then Ashley Tisdale, then Lucas Graybeal, and then Corbin Blue, and then Monique Coleman. I think that order is pretty inarguable for what we got in this movie. Yeah. I think in the last movie, maybe Lucas was... Should have been lower. Yeah, in the last movie, Lucas was definitely the sixth wheel. And in this movie, he's more earned the, like, fourth wheel billing. Again, we get like the four, the four white and white passing people above the two main black actors. Mm-hmm. So you know, read into that what you will, but also it reflects what was actually in the movie. So it's not like sometimes in a movie you're like this character was like the biggest role, and yet they were ninth or tenth down in the in the cast, which. <laughs> oh, I, I only think of because we recently watched Hairspray and mm-hmm. Nikki Blonsky's like 12th on the cast list of that yeah. one in the credits. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely this order makes sense. Um, and even as we go to the back secondary, tertiary, quaternary characters, <laughs> other than the, the Sharpettes. Once we get our main six, it goes into the adults. You get Fulton, um, Bart Johnson as Mr. Bolton, the, the Evanses, Evanses. Miss Darbus, Allison Reed. And then it goes back to Zeke and Kelsey and Martha, Martha, maybe Jason. He might be lower. And then it goes to the Sharpettes. And well, OK, so what's funny about the Sharpettes is one of the Sharpettes is Jackie and she's billed at the top. And then it's girl at pool Miley Cyrus. And then there's the two other Sharpettes, Leah and Summer, I believe. Um, Leah and Emma. Emma, sorry. Summer's what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Summer. Summer. No, don't go back. We're almost <laughs> we have to done. start over now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Jackie. Jackie's the one who was dancing a bit more at the end. We saw her more often during the final dance. So maybe that's why she's slightly higher build, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, maybe she, like she was the one who 
had actually worked before and the other two were like newcomers. It's it's really hard to one thing with Hollywood credits is like you can read into them, but also like it's all like just contract like stuff and it's all kind of part of the the facade of Hollywood is like what order they come in is like all negotiated and everyone has to like earn their certain thing. There's always like the with credits and the and credits that throw throw a wrench in things. Yeah. Especially Marvel now where like half of them are with an and credits now. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's one of the best parts of and Avengers Endgame is like there's so many people in the cast and then like there's eight different people with with credits. Yeah. Usually it's one or two. <laughs> yeah, not not half the cast. Um. We then get the primary dancers, the featured East High dancers, and and the baseball dancers. Yeah, it's you know it's it's actually a relatively small cast when you think about it. Like there are extras, but there's not a lot of like care like sp- there aren't a lot of like speaking characters who only have like one or two lines mm-hmm. over the course of the movie. Like it's not a cor- it's not a movie in New York City where like every single person walking down the street that you talk to like has a quick line and then there's a million people in the cast. Like, yeah, this it's, it's mostly on one location. Some of the characters barely have any lines, right? Like Troy's mom is in the credits, Mrs. Bolton. I don't even know if she does talk like, yeah, she does in the beginning where in the beginning of the basketball kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. The basketball in the sink. Yeah, the, the worst crime this movie committed. I still stand by that. Well, other than the racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, priorities, Tyler. <laughs> Huma Humu is the worst crime in this movie. Um, um, and yeah, and then we go into a Chad blooper from from the kitchen scene where yeah, he's all. Maybe mad it's time you start asking yourself or whatever he says in that confrontation. But it it bloops proper in the, in the next. So yes. But before we go, Tyler, we received a request for our final decom of the week segment. Yes, our final decom of the week segment, as seems right, should be us. I guess more me. Yep. Talking about what's coming next in the High School Musical franchise, that being High School Musical three. Which is year. not technically a decom. No. Um, so we're breaking format. No. Um, yeah, I guess tune into the the final minute, minute 111 for our final thoughts on this movie as a whole, wrapping up this season and how our feelings changed over the course of the movie, because the next minute will kind of just like be only credits. Though we got a couple more bloopers. Yeah. And so there, there, there will be something for us to talk about, but it'll be mostly be us kind of winding down. Before we start reflecting, we're going to look to the future of High School Musical 3 senior year. Yeah, so it came out the next year and in theaters. So 2008, when in 2008 did it come out? Was it a Um so the movie actually came out not in the summertime but October 24th. Ooh, spooky movie. <laughs> Yeah, weird. Um, I guess I wouldn't have predicted that, but it it does make sense for it to be in the fall, I guess, because it's a school-related movie. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that and that makes me think, because the first thing I'm wondering is when does the movie start? 
Does the movie start in the fall and it's, you know, one week after the end of High School Musical 2 and they're just like, boom, we're in senior year? Or does it start mid... It has to start at the end of senior year though, right? Because the whole thing is with like the advertising is them in their like caps and gowns. So it has to be like the year ending and them going their separate ways, right? Because... No, because in this movie they did they time passed very quickly and we didn't notice it. But I don't think they're going to cover a whole school year in one in one movie. That's like a lot. <sighs> okay, so it's going to start. So I guess it has to be based around the spring musicale, as Darbus would say, and so that would put them like wrapping up the school year. Maybe Troy's, bas- Troy's basketball season already ended. It's so, ah, uh, Condra, I'm so in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop focusing on time and just figure out ju- loose plot. Okay, so character beats. Troy and Gabriella are still together. I guess the classic dilemma they would have would be like, okay, I'm going off to college. You're going off to college. We're going to be far away. I mean, if if this movie is any indication, they'll just say, let's make it count while we have it and then move on, but not actually give us the part where they have to go separate ways. So we don't actually feel any of the emotional tension of it. They We just can feel the joy of them being together. <sighs> I don't there. There's got to be like a thing. There's got to be like a conceit. Like it can't just be a regular school year. Darbus has to, like, have some crazy twist that she's going to put on things. Like, ah, I can't. My brain, Condra, it's not thinking of anything. I, I'm i so, I have no idea what, the, what this movie is going to be about. <laughs> I, I had all this time to prep because I knew that this was going to, and my head has remained completely devoid of anything. Okay. Troy has won the basketball championship. He's all set to go off to college. Senior year is in its winding down months. Gabriella is making killer science projects. She's off conquering the world. They've been so busy that they haven't really had time to hang out. That's just High School Musical 2 again. They're riding power couple highs. Everyone at school is obsessed with them. Both of them realize they don't really want to do the spring musicale. Their lives are set. Like there's nothing that really is really interesting them, but everyone at the school is assuming they're gonna do the spring musicale. And so they it's like the reverse of high school musical one, where they want to do their own thing. And everyone else is like, no, you have to be the musical person and the basketball person and the science person. Actually, okay, that is something. I like this idea of testing the thesis of the first movie a little bit, going back around the other direction where, you know, stick to the status quo in this case is stick to the thing where you do what we want you to do, which is what you used to want to do. But now you have to really choose your own path and stick to your guns and not just like it's not about the beginning of high school where you're spreading your wings and and exploring the world. It's about becoming an adult 
where you have to find that thing that you want to focus on and actually focus on it and follow your own path actually now because this is what you actually need to commit yourself to, not just follow your own path in the nicey way of putting it. So that's what Troy and Gabriella are going through. However, Sharpay thinks she's going to get the lead. So Sharpay and Ryan, maybe they're putting on like a, a rival musical because they assume that Troy and Troy and Gabriella are going to get the lead role. So Sharpay and Ryan boot it from the spring musicale. They're going to put their own thing on. So now there's no one to be the lead. And Kelsey's stuck writing songs for um, Arnold's kid. It's hard to believe that I couldn't sneeze. See? Next! And the the freaky um, interpretive dancer kids. And the, the musical's a wreck. Miss Darbus is, is losing her mind. She's worried that she's going to have to, like, totally throw in the bag on this musicale. Troy and Gabriella are so in love with each other and busy doing their own thing, right? Their relationship is working, but they're, they've forgotten about kind of their friends and their school pride, which will turn out to be the main sin of this movie for a terrible, not really great message reason. And Chad and Taylor are end up, I don't know, it, the way I've set it up, it seems like Chad and Taylor are kind of the core of this movie. They're the ones who have to kind of fix the school. They have to convince Gabriella and Troy at first they're trying to convince them to do the musical and then they're trying to convince them to you know follow their own path and just be good friends and so their their relationship gets tested Chad Chad and Taylor's relationship gets tested because Chad for him high school is the accomplishment for Taylor she's off to college and they don't know if they're gonna like, it's not as obvious for them because Troy and Gabriella, it's like, okay, we're going to be going to different schools. We know this is a limited time deal. But Chad and Taylor, it's like, okay, Chad could, you know, find a way to stay in Taylor's life. And they could figure things out if he, like, gets a job somewhere near her school or something. We don't, like, she might be going to a, a, a school nearby and it, they could make things work. And so their relationship's getting tested in the sense that, like, okay, let's see if this is something that we really want to continue with. Are we going to be able to go through the tough times together, or are we just going to let this school year finish and then go our separate ways? And then, you know, Martha's there, and Kelsey's there, and Zeke is there, and everyone else is just kind of around. But, yeah, that's my pitch. I think I got somewhere. Yeah, we'll see where... where you fall in line and where you do not. I am going to be rewatching the movie a bunch and I know I know the major stuff and and you you're definitely guessing the right themes. Yeah, it's weird though because like the whole like going off to college saying goodbye thing, it's not like a kids movie premise. Like that's a slightly more mature premise. And so they're either going to do it but really dumb it down or they're not really going to deliver on it in the first place. So I'm I'm worried about that. I I do you like my idea of it being about Chad and Taylor. Do you think that's where I was most accurate? Um I'm not allowed to comment there. <laughs> um, but I think that would be interesting if they like really shifted the perspective a little bit. Anyway. Anyway, 
High School Musical 2, though. We still have one minute left, so come back next week and join us for our final minute of High School Musical 2. Wow. I know. We're, we're there, Tyler, with one of my favorite numbers, so I'm actually pretty excited. It feels a little lucky. M- wait, musical number or just you like the number 111? I like the number 111. Okay. I was like, I don't think there are any numbers left in this movie. <laughs> Bet on it. That's one of my favorite numbers. No. 16. That's a number. No. Okay. Anyway. But until then, people that are listening right now can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know your favorite blooper. Wreck some bloops for us. We love a good bloop. <laughs> Should we start having blooper reels? We, we do occasionally have we a blooper stinger. We do occasionally, stinger. yeah. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if this movie is truly going to end. You can bet on it. <laughs>